we rise for the gospel. The gospel according to John, the first chapter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said, We have found him about whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph, from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. The Gospel of the Lord. Y'all can be seated. So in... In the Gospels, one of, my, one of my favorite stories is the story of the Transfiguration. Jesus brings a couple of disciples up the mountain and reveals to them the glory of God. And who appears there but Moses and Elijah? We, we see Moses, the one who gave the law. Moses, who led people by pillars of cloud and fire. Moses, who drew water from the rock, which turned out to be kind of bad for him in the end. But, you know, we see Moses, who spent a lifetime leading people through the wilderness. And the thing I love about this story of transfiguration is that the disciples got there and they thought to themselves, you know, this place is holy. This place is some place where where we should reside, where we should build a booth, where we should always stay because here is where we are encountering God. And what Jesus said to them was, it's not the place that's holy. It's what happened here that's holy. It's what happened in community that's holy. And one of the things that Keith said that that really stuck with me just a few minutes ago, reminded me of something that I read in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which I know you were really expecting me to quote, which is, begin with the end in mind. And, and as I heard that, it started making me think about the transfiguration story of who Moses ended up being. Because that's who Moses really is for us, right? Moses is one of the great founders of faith and one of the great leaders of people and one of the one of the ones who we revere and remember is a wonderful, great, per- faithful person. But in our, in our first lesson today, we have a different image of Moses. Moses, who was on the run. Moses, who was hiding out with his father-in-law. Moses, who was tending the sheep, not the most glamorous job, not the, probably not the most aromatic job, at least in any, uh, any positive way. Moses, who probably at that point in his life, was really kind of unsure about who he was and what he was really about. He was someone who had grown up in the court of the Pharaoh. He grew up among important people, people who made a difference. And yet here he was living off of his in-laws and probably going through a great crisis of identity. Um, I, I think I figured out that I was on staff here in 98. Just, and, and, you know, it all kind of runs together after a little while. And I remember, you know, when I, when I first got here, I was really uncertain about, you know, what am I going to do with these kids for a week? I mean, I'd been a camper here for nine years, so I had a general idea of how things worked. But I was wondering if I was really ready to be in charge of things. And what I, what I thought, probably fourth or fifth weekend, as I was carrying one of my campers on my back who had injured themselves, and I was carrying them up the trail, and by this point I'd been there long enough that my hair was getting a little bit long, and... I was like, man, I've got this. This is really what being a camp counselor is all about. This is what, this is what leadership is all about. And I know this has never happened to y'all, but I, I kind of thought I knew everything. <laughs> and it was, it was a few weeks later when I, when I had a camper who has stuck with me for the rest of my life. And we've all had this camper, the one who as soon as they got here, they adhered themselves to your head. And there wasn't a moment when their voice isn't going in your ear. 
And, and there's not a moment when they're not only behind you, but probably kicking your heels. And day one, it was, it's fine. Because day one is the first day of camp. He doesn't know anybody yet. He hasn't figured out how to fit in. And probably he's the kid, like I was actually, who doesn't always fit in with people his own age. And, and so it's the first day of camp, so we're ready and we're willing and we're energetic. And then the second day of camp comes and you're up and down the trails and he's kicking your heels and he's talking incessantly, but it's okay because we're on day two. Day two, we still have a lot of energy. There's still a lot of week left, a lot of promise left, a lot of hope left that this pleasant, precious child will fit in with the group and find his way away from being glued right here. And then Wednesday, Wednesday comes and it's been now three and a half days. And your heels are starting to get a little bit sore and your toes have been stubbed because he keeps kicking them and your ears are getting tired and you've been dealing with camp songs and swimming pools and hikes up and down the trail and why are you putting that cream there and why are you doing this and why are you know all the things that you do as a camp counselor and Wednesday comes and you just hope that he'll stop talking in his sleep <laughs> and Thursday came which was our our campfire and I always looked forward to Thursdays because it was also our staff communion. It meant that we got to leave our precious campers where they were for a little while and go and be together as a staff to celebrate worship together. And that day was tough. That was the day that he was homesick. And that was the day he realized that he really wasn't going to be able to get along with his cabin. That was the day when he realized that I was really his only friend. And by that point in the week, I, I really wasn't feeling very friendly. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, does this kid ever ever shut up and there we were at night at the campfire and I was really happy because I play guitar and so I, that meant that I was over in the corner playing guitar while all my campers were sitting over here and he was talking to somebody else the whole time and that night we, we did a story that maybe you all use at your camps but I'm the one with the microphone so indulge me for just a minute and Elliot I apologize you've heard this story before I only have so many but uh the devotion that we were doing that night at the campfire was about a, a castle in a town that had a stone table. And every morning on that stone table appeared a fresh loaf of bread. And they must have been Lutherans because nobody asked where it came from. And nobody knew where it came from. But they just knew that it was there fresh every morning. And once a year they had a tradition in that town that they would go to this table. And they would gather around the table and everyone who was coming of age would go to the table. And three times they would be asked if they would eat from this bread. And there was a story about this bread, a legend, that first, anyone who ate of this bread would become a servant. Second, anyone who ate this bread would disappear. And third, anyone who ate this bread would die. Well, so all three times, everyone would be asked this, and all three times, everyone would say no. For generation upon generation, because first of all, being a servant, in theory, is really nice. But really, living your life and being a servant is, is not a very glamorous job. The second thing is, we, we all, and that town being the Lutherans that they were, I'm sure, nobody wants to disappear because that's breaking with, with our normal everyday routine, and we like our routines. And third, well, nobody really wants to die, right? So it wasn't very difficult for generation after generation to say no, and join the ranks of adults and enter into adulthood, never having eaten, eaten this bread, and not wondering where it came from except once a year, until one day, when someone was asked, will you eat this bread? I said, yeah. And, you know, mom cried and dad yelled, as moms and dads are wont to do. And they asked him a second time, you know, well, will you eat this bread? And he said, yes. And the town elders got frustrated and angry because nobody does this. We've never done it like that. You know, we've never done it this way before. And it went on for a while. And finally, 
they had to ask a third time, will you eat this bread? And he said yes, and he took the chunk and he ate it. And it turns out that the first of the legends was true. He did become a servant. When, when people needed help, he, he went and helped them. When, when one of the local farmers died and his widow needed help planting the crops and, and reaping the crops, he helped her. When, when the wagon wheels broke, he would help to mend the wagon wheels. He was someone who was always there for people when they needed him. And it turns out the second legend was true because when there, were people, when there were disasters in other towns, he went to other towns and disappeared for long periods of time. And it turns out that the third legend was also true because the people were so angry that he would dare stomp on their traditions and dare defy the, the culture that had grown up around this and dare to be this person that none of them had had the courage to be, that they killed him. And so as I was beginning to, to play the opening strains of Amazing Grace to Peaceful Easy Healing, we, uh, the person who was up there telling the story pointed to the bread that was on the table. It was Wonder Bread, because we have nothing but the best for our campers. <laughs> and, you know, everyone, and they said, you know, if, if this is what you choose, this is the life of a Christian. If this is what you choose, then come up and eat the bread. And so there, are, there I was playing guitar, and I play with my eyes closed because I'm a hippie like that. And I had this sense that somebody was near me, and I looked down, and there was this young man holding a piece of bread, and said, Eric, I brought you this bread because I knew you wouldn't be able to get it because you were playing guitar. And there was no pastor, there was no wine, but this was the body of Christ, broken for me. And, you know, I'm, I'm the guy who knows everything. And I realized all of a sudden that I am Jon Snow, I know nothing. And, you know, it was, it was one of the few occasions where I found myself at staff communion crying and, and taking a chance to talk to Pastor Mary. You know, I, I think about what transformational leadership really looks like. And I think about Moses standing there looking at this bush. No clue what life has in store for him, what God has in store for him, what he's being called to do. And if he had known, we'd see exactly what happened, that he didn't think he was capable of it. He wasn't really willing to answer the call. And he didn't even have the words to say. I think all of us in our own call stories find ourselves in, in similar places, standing at those crossroads where, where we turn aside and, and realize that right before us is the presence of God, the mission of our life, the thing that is going to transform our story into something that is holy and sacred. And we wonder whether this is the place where we build a booth or, or whether we're being called out to, to do something that we've never done. How is it in your own life that, that you've heard the call of God that causes you to turn aside from everything that you thought you knew into that land of the great unknown where you go having to trust God to have the words, where you go having to trust God to have that pillar of cloud by day and that pillar of fire by night, where you go having to trust that God will feed you and clothe you and nourish you and sustain you in those moments where all of a sudden you look around and you see the body of Christ broken for you, and you realize that you really don't know anything at all. Thanks be to God for those moments that break us and mold us and shape us and transform us. And thanks be to God for those people that God puts in our lives so that we can experience that. Amen. Amen.